man, it's like Costa Nostra. It's that a forty-eight, a forty-eight, a forty-eight. Ooh, money and murder. A forty-eight, a forty-eight, a forty-eight. Ooh, money and murder. Rest in peace. You are listening to I Hate Average podcast featuring Jay from the Bronx. What's going on? What's going on? <laughs> it's been a while. Well, it's been about two weeks. I missed last week. Uh, took a little break, but we back at it. We regrouped. Um, today's guest, uh, you guys are in for a treat. We got Antoine Inch Thomas from 848 Web Series. Let's go! I got him. I, I, you know, I was I was nervous. I was thinking I don't know if it's gonna happen, but we got him on 848. <laughs> Anyway, uh, very, very interesting story. Not only is he the creator of, of the web series A48, he's also a well-known author. He has the book uh, No Regrets, Flowers Bed, to name a few. Um, and he went into his story. I, I veered off because the more you know, he was answering, you never know what, what people are going to, how they're going to answer your questions. And the more I went into his story, hearing that how he actually published his first book while he was still in prison like just to it inspired me just to know that um he had the wherewithal and and you know he wasn't deterred by his situation he still you know he knew he, he figured he had a gift and he wanted to try it out and it inspired me and it also kind of upset me because i got mad with myself at how you know i have everything not everything that i want but you know, there's n- nothing holding me back. I can walk outside anytime I want to. I-, I can study anytime I want to. I can, you know, I can use the bathroom anytime I want to. Shower anytime I want to. But this is someone who was locked in jail for, I think he said, I believe it was 10 years or over 10 years locked in jail. But still had, you know, he didn't see limits. And to me, as someone who... who wants to view I view myself as an entrepreneur but I, I have not a full-time entrepreneur basically mostly because of fear but he wasn't afraid he he, he just he stuck it out he, you know he, he you I don't want to say he used it as an opportunity but because it's not an opportunity but he he didn't let it stop him and a lot of times we let little things stop us little, little tiny obstacles and you have this great obstacle and you still overcome it. So it's really what I'm trying to say is there's no excuses. Right? So he was able no internet because this is the nineties. There's no internet. There's no email. So he basically from hand looking at different addresses he found publishers. I'll let him you know, he'll tell the story. But it's it's interesting and it just shows how literally if Nothing can stop you if you don't let it. If you really want to do something, you could do anything you want. That's what I got out of it. You know, I I got him on to talk about 848 and talk about you know the different content, the direction of the show, and things of that nature. But he, when I you know the further I got into who he really was, the more I was inspired and and I feel it's something that um, people need to hear and people need to consider. Uh, like, what's really stopping you? It's just something I, I, I took away from it. Um, and I hope you guys get something out of this. It's an amazing story. Um, so without any further ado, check out the Antoine Inch Thomas 848 Web Series Interview.
All right, everyone, I'm here with Antoine Inch Thomas. How are you doing, sir? I'm good. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. No problem, no problem. Um, You guys, I'm sure you've been hearing about Antoine and uh, his web series, 848. You can check it out on YouTube now. Um, It's becoming very popular. I kind of got some questions about the direction of the show. Uh, but um, also, Antoine, very, very, very well-known, well, from, I guess, my generation, um, very well-known author. Um, you wrote some kind of controversial street novels, uh, Flowers Bed, to be, uh, uh, to name a few. Um, well, what got you started with doing web series instead of staying with uh, writing novels? Well, I think we're... Um where every author, they eventually want to see their um, their work on a big screen. And um, I realized that it was going to be pretty difficult without a, a huge budget to even okay. um, have my stuff featured at like a film festival. So when I learned about the YouTube platform, I just figured I had to find someone with a camera or get my own and um, probably do something off of one of my books. What I eventually did was I created an entirely new story. Okay. um, I got with a team, put it together, and we started shooting. We came up with a date for release, and here we are. And um, I'm sure you've been getting a lot of phone calls and a lot of love. Um, The show, I've been interested since season one. Um, And also, one of the things that I like, um, it's not like a typical, yes, they have uh, some violence and they have some, um, you know, drugs. But also, I don't know if it's a, a, maybe your sense of humor or is it purposely where, like before, usually before there's a shootout or a killing, you always, like, say a little words or you have, like, a little message, like, right before. Is that purposely? Um, I think that began subconsciously, but... Um, and those are actually laws from the 48 Laws of Power, okay. a book written by uh, author Robert Greene. And um, I think we can, like, apply all of those uh, powers to our everyday life. So it was kind of, I guess, like humorous for me to add it right before I kill someone. I say one of the laws of, of power or one of the laws that um, I guess was in reference to the actual scene or events leading up to the scene. After doing it a few times, I figured I might as well add that as like a signature. Definitely. Uh, All right, so I guess maybe Benny wants to ask this question. Why why would you let Benny get arrested? Why would you let Benny get caught? Oh, um, well, with season one, some people were saying like, hey, um, and even though everybody knows it's fiction, and it's yeah. um, a web series and it's on TV, it's fake. People were still wondering where are the police, how come no police officers are involved. Now with season one, we went raw and hardcore with it because we was trying to get our foot in the door fighting amongst, amongst all of the other web series. Of course, yeah. And um, I think we um, accomplished our goal. When it came to season two, I figured I wanted to make the, um, the story a little bit more mature. I wanted to add in some substance, like the cancer situation. I wanted to um, Mm. add some romance, which is the relationship between Nitty and Moon, Benny's sister. And um, 
even with the the character Hamo, I wanted to uh, incorporate a situation where it didn't seem like the cleanup crew were the most notorious people in New York City. I wanted them to go up against some people that were just as tough, if not tougher. Yeah. Also, you have the element of of basically, it seems like like the traditional, older traditional, um, you know, gangsters that principle versus these young boys who are just kind of reckless. <laughs> Was that intentional also? Absolutely. Um, today's society, with a lot of the youth being raised, I think, by hip-hop, back in the days it was um, the opposite. You have a lot of these hip-hop artists pretending to be something that they're not, and they're exaggerating it. And then you have the, the, children, the youth today trying to emulate that. And... Um, it in turn makes them a little bit more reckless. There's a lot of less respect nowadays, which there used to be um, definitely a lot of respect back in, like, let's say the 80s. People used to be out there selling drugs. You see someone's mom or, or um, an elder approaching the neighborhood or the area, everybody would stop, cut it out what they were doing. They would help the people in the building carry the bags, things of that nature. Nowadays, people don't give a, a damn about yeah. anybody, yeah, old, you young. Yeah, you got people shooting kids, babies. You had a situation in Chicago where um, yeah. one of, a gangbanger, I guess, gang member, he was trying to send a message to another gang member, and he shot the kid's 10-year-old son, like, multiple times, wow. like 10 times. Wow. wow. And that just shows um, not just a lack of respect, but a lack for um, human life. Like, people don't even care nowadays. So I wanted to um, incorporate the youngins, which is Hamo and his crew, bread and butter to show that, um, you know, just to highlight the behavior of some of these youths today. Definitely. So also, I guess as a writer, do you have in your mind, of course, you're still doing the 848 and it's becoming popular. And I know you want to see how far you can take it. But as a writer, I know you have stories in your head. Do you see yourself, you know, producing or, or coming up with additional web series? Well, um, the web series, the advantage that a web series have over versus a movie. Movie, um, it's one shot. Probably like a practice, in between an hour and two hours, you see it one time, it's not ongoing. You can watch it in one night. With a web series, you have to wait every week, and you kind of have the attention of all the viewers for, you know, months at a time. And That's that true. can, um, when you have something like that, you can build a, a stronger and more loyal and huge fan base because these people are rocking with you and they're growing with you over time. But the movie, you do it in one shot, then you upload it or sell it or ho- however you're going to present it, and then that's it. Now, um, yeah. I did plan on doing 848 for more than two seasons, possibly okay. three, maybe even four. But right now we're yeah. going to take a break and we're going to try to go straight into the Flowers Bay Project, which is going to be a movie, not a web series. Oh, wow. That should be great. Yeah, yeah Flowers Bed is one of my best sellers. It's probably my best seller on my publishing company. I think yeah. we moved uh, upwards of 80,000 units since it's wow. been born. And um, it's considered a hood classic. It's ranked Definitely, amongst yeah. the best, like Be More Careful, True to the Game, um, yeah. Coldest Winter Ever. So um, for years, people have been asking me to bring it to the big screen. A project like that, I was hoping to do something like, you know, with a big budget. Definitely. But now, again, with the web series and the YouTube platform taking over, 
And um, my production team, you know, being pretty good, I figured, you know, I might as well do it the way we did the web series. Pretty low budget, but just high quality and upload it to YouTube and see. um, And then even with a a movie, it's easier to shop to uh, organizations like Netflix. I mean, not Netflix, um, the Redbox. Because when I got in touch with somebody about the web series, they was asking me if I can combine it all together and make Uh, it like one one story. That it would be easy for them to host it that way. Unfortunately, I couldn't. So, yeah, I mean, I could have. It would have just been very long. It would have been about six hours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so I also, I guess, since you brought up the books, do you ever? Is it something that's known among amongst authors where usually the most popular books, the most popular street novels, I want to say, um, the main character is usually always a woman. Is that something that you guys intentionally do, or is just it just happens? Um, nowadays, a lot of the main characters are female in novels. It used to be, when they were written by a male, the main character used to be a male. Like, um, one of the best-selling authors, a guy named Quan Foy, his first book was called Gangster, and, um, oh. the main character was, uh, a male. But what happens is the majority of consumers of almost all products in the world are female especially with books. So you want to establish a fan base as an author by catering to the women. But you want to make your, your story hard enough to also um, for guys to be comfortable enough to read as well. Definitely. Makes and, sense. you know, women, they do uh, they appreciate uh, a strong, thugged-out, nice-looking guy, but they can relate more to a female. So, Definitely. you know, females, they like females and males. And males, they're just going to, you know, focus on the female. So if you have a male-based character, guys will read it, but they really want to look at a chick. <laughs> You're right. So what got you started with, with writing? What got you writing your first novel? Well, I was away in prison doing a long sentence, and I was trying to figure out how I was going to get by with my time. I was okay. doing, a, you know, the, the typical activity, playing cards, a little bit of sports here and there, and then I got into rapping. Okay. I don't think I was a – I think I was a decent rapper, but with all of the um, time that I had, I figured when I come home I was going to be a little old, and if I got with a label, they would probably want to go with, like, artist development, which takes years. By the time yeah. I was ready to release an album, I would probably – probably been around 40 years old. So I figured, nah, that's probably not the route that I want to go. <laughs> I, had, um, I had bumped into a Philly rapper, also fellow author named Jimmy the Saint, who I ended up publishing one of his novels. And um, okay. he and I got into a huge rap battle. Um, I did pretty well, gained some fans at the prison where I was at. And um, okay. after our session, <clears throat> I asked him, you know, um, how come he never tried to pursue his rap career? professionally he told me that he was signed to Rockefeller and he showed me a few of his artists who end up being eventually being Rockefeller artists um Oskino Sparks they were actually his guys at first but what he told me was that he had just got a fresh 10-year sentence and um he was like I'm actually writing a book based on my life at the time the um, 
street or urban literature, it wasn't really popping or popular. So some of my favorite authors were James Patterson, John Grisham, and um, okay. that's all I was thinking about, like those type of books. So when he said he was writing a book, I was like, oh, all right, whatever. Um, he and I end up separating. He went to another prison. About a year later, we ended up at another prison together, and um, we put on a little uh, um, talent show, I think for like the 4th of July. And um, after the show, I asked him about the book. He said, well, not only did I finish that book, but I wrote four more. And what I want to do is I want to give you my book. I want to give you each book so you can see the growth as I've been writing. So I read the first book, which was called Decisions. And the storyline, it reminded me of um, somebody I had heard about, actually Allen Iverson, where okay. the basketball player, where he was doing, you know, he had his little crew. It was, I guess, getting in trouble in Virginia. And he had an opportunity yeah. to go, you know, to the NBA. His boys told him, look, we'll help you get through school. Once you make it to the um, league, you bring us with you. So in this book, it was similar. There was a guy who was um, trying to go to the league, really good at basketball. His boy was in the street. Yeah. And um, But it was an unfortunate situation. The boy that was in the street trying to pay for his, his um, homeboy's college, he ended up getting locked up by one of his friends who snitched on him. So while he was in jail, the um, aspiring basketball player went to visit him. Dude explained what was up. The basketball player one time seen the guy at a coffee shop, the snitch. Um, mm-hmm. The basketball player had a gun on him, but he wasn't a thug. So he walks up on the dude, pulls the gun out, the dude takes the gun from him, shoots and kills him, the basketball player. So the guy that was in jail, he kind of felt bad, like, damn, I know dude did it for me, but when I come home, I'm going to chill. And um, on the strength of him, I'm going to chill. So the guy came home from jail, and he lived um, a regular life afterwards. So I was like, all right, that's powerful. pretty cool. You know? Powerful, yeah. I can relate to. Yeah, definitely very yeah. powerful. So after that, he said to me some of the um, most important words that I always also pass on to everybody else. He said, one thing is for sure, everyone has a story, but they just got to know how to tell it and want to tell it. Right Mm -hmm. after that, I sat down for the next eight days and I completed my first novel, which was called No Regret. It was easy for me to write because it was similar to my, it was based off of things that I had gone through personally. And when I completed it, I had um, prepared, uh, I guess, a little, a cover letter and at the time, I had understood that a lot of publishing houses, they would accept the first five chapters, and um, that was part of the submission process. Co- okay. Excuse me, a cover letter in the first five chapters. And if they liked your work, they would ask for the remainder of the book. If they liked the entire body of work, they would then um, contact you or your literary agent, who's kind of like a manager, the literary agent, and then see if they could come up with a deal. Okay. So <clears throat> I had sent my first five chapters out to approximately 20 publishing houses that I had got the addresses from every book that I had read or came across that was written by an African-American author. So Random House. You're, these, still, you're still in jail at this time. This is while, yeah, this is while I'm still incarcerated, and I had the one book. So I sent it to several publishing companies, and everybody rejected my work. I didn't know if, I was, if it was trash or not, but I believed in myself, so I thought it was good. And um, what happened was um, I sent it to an upcoming publishing company called Triple Crown, which ended up okay. selling mil- millions and millions and millions of books, of black urban books. Yeah. 
So when I sent it to them, it was a young lady named Vicki Stringer out of Columbus, Ohio, who was the um, okay. CEO of that company. But she also had a consulting partner that nobody knew about. He was somebody by the name of Shannon Holmes who read, wrote the book, Be More Careful. <clears throat> okay. So he was behind the scenes with her. Again, nobody knew him when I sent my story because he was familiar with me and my neighborhood. He kind of lived in the neighborhood. He, he um, contacted, me, contacted me and said, look, I know your story. It's a compelling story, and it's all good. And the people around you who know you, they might enjoy it. But as far as the masses, they may not, or they may not cling to it because the main character is a male character, and yeah. your, um, your consumers are going to be female. So what you do is you sit, go back, write a book with a, a female main character, and then resend it to us. I said, all right, uh-huh. humble myself. I was open-minded, and I said, let me go back and do this. I came up with a topic, and while I was writing it, I did some research on how to self-publish. By the time I was done with my book, um, I ended up self-publishing, and from there I published 16 additional titles of several uh-huh. authors from my publishing company. As of today, we published 17 books, and um, and nowadays is me trying to um, jump into the film industry and, um, you know, leave a legacy there, make a landmark there. Mm-hmm. And with um, I mean, season two of 848 coming to an end based on the feedback and um, the chit-chatter around everywhere, um, I believe that my goal is being met. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, if you had the resiliency to do all of this while you're still incarcerated, I'm sure now, you know, the sky's the limit <laughs> with, with your storytelling. Thank you very much. So, have, because your story is, is very compelling, and have you thought about or have you considered, you know, making your first movie particularly about your life? Um, not my movie, but I want to use my life as an inspiration to others when I do share my story. Okay. So um, I'm, I'm currently in the process of um, getting access to a juvenile detention center, a co-ed spot in, in D.C., where I want to go in there and I want to talk to the, um, the kids about my life and how I went from um, the same position that they are currently in, in juvenile prison, to being a well-known filmmaker. Definitely. Now, I guess because you told, you told me your story just now, I just want to zero off. To, to you personally, how do you... How did you have that, that positivity in your mind while you were incarcerated? How did you still have the confidence to, to write something and the confidence to even – because there's people who have, you know, college degrees, they have doctors, they're kind of afraid to, to send something to a publishing company. How did you have the boldness while you're incarcerated to have, you know, to, to take that step? Um, I think it was because I had uh, surrounded myself with some po- positive people positive and productive people who were doing some things. And I had always been um, a leader, even from coming up, and I always wanted to be a businessman. I always wanted to own my own business or do something, which is why I got into um, selling drugs because um, I needed money back then, and I always said, well, I'm going to make some money, enough money to maybe one day start my own business. But um, the judge and the sentence uh, put a halt to that, but I kept the same mind state. And while I was in there, I was like, you know, I need to figure some things out. So I got my GED. I went to college. I got a trade. And um, I was always enthusiastic, always wanted to do something. 
ne- I didn't necessarily want to be a bad kid, but yeah. um, I was never the quiet one. I was well, I was quiet, but I was always popular in some sense, and I was always a leader, and people always followed me, and I just didn't want to lead people, continue to lead people down the wrong path. So, um, when I figured that, uh, when I was on the street before I, I did my long sentence, I had um, I was hustling again. And I was dealing with um, a substantial amount of money, and that put me in the um, presence of people who had businesses, and they were um, sharing their journey and their experiences with doing business. And I was like, wow, this is something that I want to do. But unfortunately, I was on the runs. I was using a fake yeah. name, and I was like, wow, I got this money. I can't even really buy no big businesses um, because I won't be able to keep it. But I, I was about to. Anyway, I said, you know what, let me do it. So as soon as I was getting the paperwork for my car wash and my rim shop and all this, the feds came down and snatched me up. Gave me 10 years, wow. and I said, it wasn't going to stop me. I said, once yeah. I get out, I'm going to continue with my goals, and I'm going to see how far I bring me, and I'm going to be inspired. You know, if I could still be in here and still be impactful to so many people and, um, and influence to so many, maybe, just maybe I could do some good and, and help change somebody from um, – you know, them watching me do what I do. So, you know, God blessed me with a little bit of talent to be a, a decent writer. And, I, you know, I just have the courage to go on with and tackle some of my goals. So people, a lot of people nowadays, a lot of people nowadays, they hear about things that people want to do. They hear these stories. But um, a lot of people, I guess, they might be afraid or just um, – Maybe they don't have it in them to go ahead. So what they do is they kind of wait for somebody to already start what they're doing to join it. And um, I understand that. So I say, well, one of us have to start it one day. And even if it's mm-hmm. with a, something small, I know that um, it's like a snowball effect. It starts off small, then becomes big. So just like with my project, I didn't have every character when I started writing it. But as the episodes mm-hmm. started showing, started appearing, started playing or airing, yeah. People were coming out of the woodwork, and I think it's um, a dope opportunity for people who are, let's just say, from the hood or a little less fortunate to yeah. um, be able to, I guess, fulfill a dream of being a movie star. Everybody wants to do that. So even if it's on a, a, a smaller level like YouTube, which is still huge That's because true. people from all over the world can view it. But Of course. The people I mean, who, it, 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 you gotta think. It's. It's. Uh. I'm sorry to cut you off, but it's. Yeah, it shows. It shows on TV right now. That it's not getting the viewership that A48 is getting. Mhm. So it's just a huge opportunity. Yeah, and there's shows that get way more views. Money and Violence. They got way more views. They put in a way a whole lot more work. You have other shows. Um. Um. Project Heat. There's a lot of web series that got more views than us, but they you know networked differently. <clears throat> Some of them have. Um, you know, like, I guess, more well-known or famous celebrities on their shows and those celebrities they promote on their pages would bring more views. Um, we kind of d- did ours from the ground up. Yeah, I did have my um, my readers as my, my first fans and first supporters, yeah. but um, I always figured, just like my book, my first book, Flowers Bed, if it's a good product, people are going to talk about it, and word of mouth is the biggest form of advertisement. True, definitely. And also, I noticed. Hold on, hold on. All right, quick break to shout out Steady Cam Fitness. People, I told y'all last episode, check out Steady Cam Fitness, Steady K A M Fitness. 
for all your personal training needs, you need meal plans, anything you need regarding your body, fitness, check it out. Steady Cam Fitness on Instagram, Facebook, Steady K-A-M Fitness. Thanks. You know, other web series, they, they, they get popular, and um, they kind of, you know, their second uh, or their, their next shot up, they kind of try to veer away from the, the street element and try to be more, I guess, of a mainstream feel. Mm-hmm. But what made you want to, you know, you still have this shooting, you still have, you know, that, that element inside your show. You, you're still keeping it basically street whips. What made you want, want to keep that up in the second season instead of, you know, trying to become more mainstream? Well, I know um, by, um, for instance, Money and Violence, um, their first season was all street. When they went to their second season with title, I'm not sure if Jay-Z was looking for something more upscale, something more to um, attract more of the masses, because a lot of people in business, they um, are all about their, their dollar, and to yeah. put it on a platform like title, title, Jay-Z's fans, he has more white fans than he have black fans, so he wants to cater sure. to um, more of the um, is, is the white fans. So he probably yeah. he could have told them, look, that's cool. You could do the little street thing, but you also got to look at some of these mainstream movies and see how they um, how they put together their show. And you might want to go that route. You don't want it doesn't you don't want to have it all shoot 'em up, bang bang, because that's what just the people in the hood really know. The white people in the suburbs don't really know how it is in Chicago unless except for what they hear on the news. So they are Makes not sense. they may not be very attracted to that nonsense. However, you did attract them initially. And their attraction was just because they was amazed and like, oh, my God, wow. But so yeah. for business, we want you to clean it up a little bit, you know, um, give, make it a little bit more dramatic, you know, um, stretch out the story. Don't give them everything at once. Keep it, um, I guess, kind of keep them in suspense. That's cool for the Definitely. mainstream. But when you have your own say-so of the whole situation, I kept my ear to the street. And a lot of people really didn't like the second season of Money and Violence. They watched it yeah. because they were supporters and fans, but they didn't like it better than they liked season um, one. And because yeah. marketing teaches us who to cater to, I wanted to continue yep. catering to the people who supported me from the jump. And I needed to, I wanted right. to give them the same thing that I gave them with season one. I just wanted to do it better. So we got a better camera. Yeah. I wrote a better story. And I made sure, you know, my actors were better prepared. Makes sense. Definitely. So, is there something that, that you're always going to have in the back of your mind? Like, when you do projects with, with companies, when you do movies and, and other series, are you going to always be conscious of who you're going to be in business with where, so you always have control of your content? If I can do so, um, I know that, well, you know, people always say uh, everybody has a price, right? And even though I started this project without any money um, and I wasn't looking for any money, as I mature in this business and I learn more, um, I believe that uh, this project is worth something, is worth a lot. And um, so when somebody does come at me, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do my best to say, hey, look, the people follow me for this. And, yeah, I haven't reached people in England. Well, I don't know if I've reached people in England. I know one, a couple of fans are from the U.K., so I guess I have. However, um I don't want to do this for 
mainstream white America. I want to do something for everybody. And the reality is the stuff that my story depicts, it's reality. And whether people want to like it or not, I want to try to stick to the script because it's what my core fan base can relate to. It's what they support. It's what I can relate to. And I think our real story needs to be told anyway. So I'm going to do my best to try to keep it there. Um, I'm not going to be a fool either. And, I, and I, I say that by saying if I'm offered a substantial amount of money, even if I have to, um, how should I say, sacrifice one project, if I can deliver another one just as strong back to my, my um, fan base, I'll just try to do that all over again like I did it the first time. That makes sense. Um, can you tell the people how they could uh, see the, the web series? You can log on to YouTube, type in the number 848, the word web series, or you can just type in the number 848 and it'll pop up 848 web series. Um, click on the circle, subscribe to our channel. That way you'll get notifications and you'll be able to get everything that we uh, post on the 848 web series channel. You can also find me on Instagram under Eden Raw Inch. That's E-D-E-N-W-A-L-D underscore I-N-C-H. I'm also on Facebook under my, my real name, which is Antoine Inch Thomas. And on Facebook, you could also join our 848 web series fan group, your fan page group. You just type in 848 web series fan group on, on Facebook. Click join. Uh, we have we can have an unlimited amount of, unlimited amount of members on there, and um, we're also on Twitter eight forty eight web series, so we're everywhere. All right, thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate your story and I appreciate your time. And I'm I believe you inspired somebody because you definitely inspired me. And um, thank you again. Hopefully, we can get you on again sometime with your next project. Have a good night. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Good night. All right, there you have it, people. Wow, 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 wow. T- to me, I was inspired. I was motivated. It's a story. It's interesting. Um, he wasn't trying to be a motivational speaker. He wasn't trying to be an inspiration. He was just telling his story. But to me, it's very compelling just to have that mindset of being locked up and still having the mind to say, look, I'm locked up, but I'm my mind is on the outside. My mind is writing books. My mind is publishing books. My mind is, you know, making films. Even though I'm here in jail, let me look up people. Let me find a publisher because my story is not jail. My story is on the outside. So it, to me, I felt that it was it was inspiring. It's something I think, you know, people need to consider in life because you have people who are locked away and, you know, we throw them away. We lock them in there, throw them away. We don't care about their thoughts. We don't care about what's going on in their minds. But this is someone who... You're going to know what's on my mind because I'm going to write it down and you're going to read it and you're gonna, I'm going to share my stories. And to me, I felt it was inspiring. Like I said, he wasn't trying to be inspiring. He just was telling his story. But it's something that I feel people need to hear, people need to know. And not only the jail piece, but just not letting anything stop you, no matter where your condition is, no matter where you're at in life, not letting nothing stop you. You know, do the research, figure out a way to make things happen and that's what what touched me and um i appreciate the story uh, and thanks for listening also people like i always say follow me on 
all my social media. I hate average J A Y. I hate average J A Y. Snapchat, Twitter, Instagram, all of that. Um, what else am I on? Also, email me if you want to be a guest on the show or you have um some suggestions of guests that should be on the show. Email me show at averagej.com. Show at averagej.com. Also, more importantly, small businesses that want to advertise on the show. Email me, show at averagej.com. It's a very small nominal fee. Guys, thank you so much for the support. Sorry we missed last week, but we back at it. Bigger, better. Another another great guest next week. I'm ex- I want you guys to, to, to listen next week. Um, I'm excited about it. It's something that I feel that it will grab your attention. So um, I'm rambling now because I'm so excited, but... And I haven't talked to you guys in a long time. But anyway, see you guys next week.